Our reading this evening is Jonah chapter 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God. And they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship, and had laid down, and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you, that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rowed hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's generosity is boundless. It's boundless. So that you could really restate that parable that Jesus tells of the sower who went about sowing his seed, and some fell on rocky ground, and other seed fell on the path, and some fell among thorns, and some fell on good soil. What we would expect is that the seed that fell on good soil grows up and bears fruit. But what we see in God's generosity is that often it works in this way, that God is casting his seed on what should be good soil, his people's ears, he sends his word to his people's ears. He is casting his seed on what should be good soil, and there it does not grow. Whereas all around it, on the path and among the rocks and among the thorns, there it grows up. There it sprouts and produces all kinds of fruit. You can see that happening. 
so often in the Bible that where the seed should go, where it should grow, and where you should expect to see abundant fruit, it actually does not. But on the margins, on the fringes, in places where it should never have a chance, there it grows in abundance. And so it is that today God sends Jonah to the city of Nineveh because the people of Israel would not listen to God. Jonah was a prophet in Israel at the time of some wicked kings. It was only another 30 or 40 years after Jonah prophesied that the Assyrians came and destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel and carried people off to exile. Only about 20 or 30 years in that city of Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, it was going to come and destroy the people. The people of Israel wouldn't hear God's word. They wouldn't have it. They wouldn't trust in God. It was not because God was not generous enough or patient enough or kind enough. It was simply this. They did not believe. They did not believe, and so God cast his seed elsewhere. He sent his word somewhere else. This is what he said he would do. All the way back in Deuteronomy, God spoke through Moses, Moses' last words, about what he would do if his people did not listen, if the good ground didn't produce any fruit. This is what he said. They sacrificed to demons that were no gods, to gods they had never known, to new gods that had come recently, whom your fathers had never dreaded. You were unmindful of the rock that bore you, and you forgot the God who gave you birth. The Lord saw it and spurned them because of the provocation of his sons and daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be, for they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faithfulness. They have made me jealous with what is no God. They have provoked me to anger with their idols. So I will make them jealous with those who are no people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. The people of Israel made God jealous by worshiping false gods, and the punishment, God's recompense for their wickedness is that he was going to make them jealous with a nation that had never known him before, with a people who had up till that point served false gods. He was going to make them jealous with a people just like the people of Nineveh, a people so wicked that the cry about their wickedness went up to heaven. Their abominations were terrible. When they conquered a land, they would do awful things, awful things to the people of that land. They are the last people you would expect to receive God's word. And so, when God sends a prophet to them, takes a prophet out of Israel and sends that prophet to them, it is a judgment against his people. And that is likely why Jonah did not want to go. Jonah knew that God was sending him away from his people to a people who did not belong to God. He was taking his word away from his people and giving it to someone else, that God was setting out now to provoke his people to jealousy. And Jonah did not like how that looked. It meant judgment for his people. It meant judgment for Israel. And so Jonah fled, which, of course, is futile. He tried to escape from the presence of God. He tried to get away from the face of God, but he could not. God was with him wherever he went, followed him into the sea, and Jonah knew that. He said, I serve the Lord, the creator of the sea and the dry land. No wonder that God is there, but still, Jonah is protesting. Not to them, not to the people of Nineveh. Don't send your word there, because then it would be gone from our people. 
God was sending Jonah to be a light to the nations, a light to the Gentiles, like we sing in the Nunc Dimittis. But Jonah knew that if the light went to the Gentiles, it meant the lights were going out back home. And those people of Nineveh, they were especially wicked. Every time that we've heard about a wicked people who have a cry go up about them to heaven, they are destroyed. That's the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's the Tower of Babel. God puts an end to it. Why would God do this now? Why would he send a prophet to call them to repentance? It's not the way it's supposed to be, Jonah thought. It's not how it's supposed to be. Our people are supposed to be the ones who have God's grace. But God's generosity is boundless. It's boundless. And so even as Jonah climbs on that boat and tries to escape from God, God won't let him get away. And in the process, some miraculous things happen. Here are these sailors on this boat who see the tempest and they think everyone should just pray to whatever God he has and maybe one of them will hear us and will save us. And when Jonah explains that it's his fault because he's running away from the true God, they are terrified. What are they going to do? Here's a man who serves the creator of the heavens and the earth, and he wants us to throw him overboard. That's a recipe for disaster. And so they pray that God will spare them, that God will show them pity. And they toss Jonah overboard, and the sea is calmed, and the waves are at peace, and those sailors believed. They feared God, and they offered sacrifices, and they made vows, and they became Christians because God's generosity is boundless. Here it is, seed being scattered out in the middle of the sea, and it's growing up into fruit abundantly. That's how God's generosity works. Jonah didn't have quite a good grip on that. He thought that this was a limit to God's generosity. If we take his word and we take it somewhere else, if the people of Nineveh hear and repent and believe, what will that mean for my people? Jonah wondered. The whole point in sending Jonah to Nineveh is that when the people of Nineveh repented and received God's grace, maybe then the people of Israel would turn. Maybe then their hearts would be provoked to jealousy and they would return to their heavenly father. Maybe then, at long last, the seed that was scattered on what should have been good ground, maybe it would grow and bear fruit. The whole point of everything that God does is to bring forth fruit, to produce life, to forgive sins, to show grace and mercy, to give life to his people and to the whole world. That's the whole point of everything God does. It's perplexing to a prophet like Jonah. It can be perplexing to us. The only reason, however, that we ever run into any trouble with what God does and how he does it is because of unbelief. Because we believe that his generosity is limited, that there's an end to it, that it's not enough for the whole world, that it's not enough for us, that it's not enough for those wicked people. But look, God's generosity is boundless. He scatters it abroad, and it grows in places you would never expect it to grow. He scatters it into our cold and stony hearts, and they are brought back to life. That's the kind of God we have. That's the kind of God that Jonah needed to see. The name Jonah means dove, and he's sent out from that boat like that dove was sent out from the ark to learn, to learn that it is God who gives rest, who gives rest to his people, that it is God who creates the earth and recreates it. It is God who forgives sins and gives life abundantly. Jonah had that to learn, and it's a process for him. He's got a road ahead of him yet in the rest of the book of Jonah. But we can see already now 
we can see already now what kind of a God we have. A God whose generosity is boundless. Put your trust in him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.